You are listening to Zero E Michigan with Carl Bloss and Larry Hudson. On this show, we try to explore and simplify what's happening with electric vehicles, energy generation, and zero emissions topics with a focus on our home state of Michigan. Together with our guests, we demystify topics related to driving electric in Michigan and how you can select, charge, maintain, and get the maximum value out of your EV. This podcast is sponsored by Consumers Energy and the Power My Drive program. Start your EV journey at consumersenergy.com slash EV. Welcome back to the Zero E Michigan podcast. I'm Carl Bloss, and my guest today is Ben Brown. So Ben, if you would please introduce yourself, we'll get the conversation started. Just a quick editorial note on this conversation with Ben Brown. We covered so much ground with Ben's EV journey, as well as his excitement about the Aptera that I decided to split this up into two podcasts. So if you're primarily interested in Aptera content, then please wait around for part two, which should be out the following week. If you're not already subscribed, I encourage you to do so, so that you'll be notified of part two and other upcoming content. I do think Ben's message on EV affordability and equity is worth a listen, so I hope you'll be just as interested in part one. My name is Ben Brown. I am in Southwest Michigan. I'm a member of Kiva, Kalamazoo Electric Vehicle Association, and I've I've been uh, excited and interested in electric cars since the 1970s. That's pretty amazing. Uh, I didn't even know anywhere around back then. Yeah, Ben and I met uh, through the Kalamazoo EV Association. We've been at some National Drive Electric Week events together. Um, I had a chance to talk to Ben a little bit about his history with EVs, and that's part of what I want to talk about today. So, Ben, you have a really great story in my mind about how you got into electric vehicles, how you first found out about it, and then ultimately this led to a really great improvement in your life in terms of home ownership. Tell us a little bit about how that came to pass. So I'm going to cover a lot of history kind of quick as I can. But in the 1970s, 80s, there was an oil crisis. And I live in a farm community where everybody makes everything. And uh, they talked about these futuristic electric vehicles that ran off of electric. So a lot of uh, my farmer friends tried to build them. None of us were successful, or none of them were successful. I was a little kid at the time. But it was always in my mind that one day we would advance to such a high state of technology, we'd have electric vehicles. Um, Fast forward to the late 1990s, early 2000s, there was a a car produced, uh, the EV1, uh, through GM, And I put my name on the list uh, for the EV1. And I was so pleased. I was so proud. I was telling friends of mine about it at an auto shop. And a couple of the people turned to me. And they were really angry that I was trying to destroy the auto industry. And that kind of alerted me that uh, it might have been a controversial idea. Uh, but I was still interested in them. I had this this dream that I was in a egg, not egg shape, but an almost airplane fuselage shape thing that was floating above the ground. 
And my uh, nephew had a little toy, which I absconded. I let him know I stole it eventually. But um, did it, but did it, was, it look anything like this? Without, without <laughs> the, without the, yes, it actually did without the wheels. And I still have it. And I normally have it on some mantle or something wherever I'm living. The EV1, I, I kept asking if I would be able to get one. And they said, well, we'll get back to you. Then I found out later on they had taken them all and crushed them. And about that time, I discovered the Electric Auto Association. And I started um, attending meetings in at the Fox Valley uh, in Illinois and and really got excited because I realized people were making electric cars at home, DYI. And at that same time, if I remember correctly, Carl, they had um, – the Chevy had a, an all-electric truck, and Ford had an all-electric truck. And I thought, either I'll try to buy one or I'll try to make one. Someday, I will save enough money to get one. But I, I, I didn't have the technical skills to do that. And instead, I ended up buying a Honda Insight. Uh, mm-hmm. Are you so, which is a hybrid? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. In hypermiling, I could get like a hundred miles, roughly a hundred mile equivalent. And I thought, well, I'm getting closer to that. And I was also, I forgot to mention all of this. I was also really concerned about the global situation in terms of, of oil being dependent on oil. So many wars caused by oil, mm-hmm. a nation's feeling it was their, their right to protect oil in someone else's country. And I thought, this is not wonderful. And um, I, I said, I have to someday maybe get an electric car, but I'm earning minimum wage, you know, college degree at all. Um, it didn't help me make more than minimum wage in any of my jobs, even when I was training for nursing. And so I ended up um after I think maybe eight years, nine years with my insight, it was dying. The battery management system was dying and it was going to cost me maybe $10,000 to fix all of the computers, get all, all of that. And I just couldn't do it. So I ended up riding a bike, but I was telling friends of mine about electric cars and that was going to be something really great. And uh, Dr. Paul Pansella, you might know him. Of course. Uh, he mentioned he had a friend that um, his wife had purchased a Nissan Leaf. And right after she purchased it, she had been teaching in maybe 45 minutes away. She got reassigned to teach in South Africa. And so they already had three vehicles. And he had told his wife they couldn't justify the payments for this thing. And so Paul knew uh, Dr. David Schuster, uh, whose wife had the car, and they connected us. And uh, Dr. Schuster suggested uh, to help his wife keep her car that perhaps we could share um, the expenses. And for the days of the week that I worked, um, which I was a nurse aide at that time, uh, that we could car share and that that 
could you imagine how I've always wanted to have an electric car and I get to car share this thing? And so that and worked like, out. So that, so that worked out, right? So you were able to do that and learn how it actually is to drive an electric car. Is that, is that right? Absolutely. It well, And it was, how would you describe the experience of, of driving or riding in an electric car? Just was your first impressions. Do you remember? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. It was a seminal moment in my life. I have to say, um, I was in Germany at the time. I, I was on an expat assignment and I was working for um, a chemical company and I my job was inside one of the chemical parks. So it's a closed environment in terms of driving. And one of the people who did our um, vessel inspections, he had a loaner of a Mini Cooper electric and it was a test mule that BMW was letting you know selected people drive in restricted environments, not on a public street, just to get people's impressions. And I think they were tuning the battery management system and the drive system. He came to us, a couple of plant managers and said, you got to drive this thing. This is, this is unbelievable. I've never had anything like this in my life. And he let us get behind the wheel. And the thing that I remember most is the regen, uh, you know, of really? course the torque, the torque, you okay. know, you step on it, but it was, um, you were inside a chem park. So there was like a 25 mile an hour speed limit. So it's not like we could do a high-speed launch um, <laughs> right. legally, but we, and we didn't, you know, obviously safety. But I remember the regen, and it was really aggressive regen. So it was like you take your foot off the accelerator, and the car almost immediately came to a stop. And then, you know, pretty quickly, you're learning one-pedal driving, and then then it was somebody else's turn, so, so I had to relinquish. But I was like, wow, mind blown, right? And then when I came back to the U.S., I ended up buying a, an off-lease Nissan Leaf, but absolutely. I, I remember that feeling and the acceleration and the lack of noise and yeah, it was just, it was absolutely mind blowing. But you had never had an experience like that ever before with the car, right? That's right. Yeah. I mean, I, and I had some fast cars. I mean, I owned a Porsche at one point, a turbo. Um, I had, um, you know, a Mitsubishi Eclipse with the two liter turbo. I mean, it was a quick car, all wheel drive, you know, a lot of fun to drive, but I'd never experienced anything like this. This was, and, and we're not even talking about necessarily performance, but just the feeling of, you know, the linear acceleration, you're not going through gears where you go through a torque curve. Um, and it, yeah, it, it was like, okay, I got to look into this now, right? This was absolutely life-changing for me. Uh, yes. And same thing with the Leaf. Um, my experience driving the Leaf, uh, in fact, um, after driving that I, I and realizing that um, its emissions were so much lower, I said, even if I'm having to work at McDonald's, which I was, I was didn't have to, I was working as a nurse aide, but... I said, I have to save my money to get an electric car somehow. So at some point you had to give that car back, I assume, because I assume that person came back at some point. And so what was the kind of the next step? Well, um, well, actually, before I had to give it back, I discovered I could go online and a look like through auto trader, all those different types of sites that have used vehicles and specify electric vehicles and specify um, the price. And so I started doing that. 
And um, I also played the harp. And so I was looking for a vehicle that would be large enough that I could put the harp in. And I discovered the Mishibishi Imiev. And I I had a budget of roughly $10,000. I went to my credit union, first of all, mm-hmm. and I said, this is what I want to do. Can you help me figure out how to do that? And they were, my credit union has been absolutely fantastic in helping me up until now um, figure out how to make things happen financially. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, this is kind of going out on a limb, but we think we can help you come up with the $10,000 based on what you've already saved. And so I went online and I found an IMEF. Actually, I found two IMEFs that, that were close. And one was maybe $12,000. The other was ten. Um, the $12,000 one, uh, it offered this um, head of basically computer screen Mm-hmm. And and I knew from driving the leaf that that computer screen would tell you where all the charging stations were, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think that computer screen said on the IMEF? Uh, no stations anywhere in range, right? No, it showed only where gas stations were. <laughs> but, but the dealer did not know that. I did not know that. So for $2,000 more... I purchased that vehicle thinking that I'd have access to to all of that information along with um, navigation. So so I, I purchased they, the credit union really went out on a limb. They also talked to the dealer and I got it for twelve thousand dollars. And I think uh, they either lowered the price. So the taxes included that. Mm-hmm. But um, that was that was it. And it came from the Carolinas on a truck for $50 was the shipping fee, which I think was pretty exceptional. That's pretty good. <laughs> yes. That's exciting. Yes, like, yeah. And this is still a car that you have today, right? That's still the same yeah. iMeave that right. you have today? It's so- almost 12 years old, 12, 13 years old now. And still, I have not, like today when I charged it, it was still getting 63, 64 miles uh, fully charged, and it's rated for 60. But I've, I've driven it as far as 90 miles on a charge before I've had to charge it. Uh, what's your odometer? How many miles have you put on it? I'm going to say on average, I, I don't go much more than like maybe 6,000, six to 9,000 miles a year mm-hmm. on it. Okay. So. But that's still considerable, and I, I think that also busts one of those myths that, you know, these days everybody wants to have an EV that's 200, 300 miles of range, which, you know, I understand. I, I upgraded my 2016 Leaf with less than 100 miles range to a Kia Nero because of my use case. But to be honest, uh, when I first had my Leaf, uh, it was my commuter car, and I was commuting 20 miles round trip. Plus maybe some little side trips, you know, stop the grocery store, pick up the kids. Um, and, and it was perfectly adequate for that. Not only that, but I had workplace charging. So I was essentially driving for free. So I didn't even have to charge at home because I had that free charging perk. And nonetheless, I, I would have gladly charged at home. I bought the charger and put in the high power outlet to allow me to charge 
just like you have at, at your house. I've, I've been, I've been to your house and, um, which then speaking of which, um, if, if you're willing to talk about this. So one of the things that having an electric car allowed you to do with lower maintenance expenses, lower operating costs is to take the leap into home ownership. Is that something that you would be willing to share? Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, because I have, I have friends that are, are far wealthier than I am who are terrified of buying an electric car because they feel it, it's something that's going to be a money pit. They won't be able to afford. There'll be all the, you have to replace the batteries. I found that I saved so much money um, in car ownership. And I always try to save even on minimum wage when I was doing minimum wage, um, tried to save money, squirrel some away. It helped me enough that I qualified through a, a program, through a couple of programs in our, our region for home ownership. And because I, and I didn't have the maintenance costs. I didn't have to get a loan to get the um, insight fixed uh, because all my other used vehicles, I continually had to keep putting money into repairs. Mm -hmm. And in 12 years, I've had to replace the brakes once. And then uh, last year we had the BM of BM, the battery management uh, mm -hmm. challenge. But that was, that was still a fraction of the cost that I've spent. So it has saved me just an, an unbelievable amount of money mm -hmm. uh, to own an electric vehicle. And also important to, to purchase an electric vehicle. If you are willing to look around and look used and definitely do your homework for sure. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's able to, you know, you're able to at least find a car that should meet most people's needs, not everybody's necessarily, sure. but sure not my needs. And to be honest, it's not necessarily practical, my car to go across country, but I know people that have, I've gone from Kalamazoo up above Mount Pleasant. Uh, I've gone to Ann Arbor on multiple trips. Um, and that was using level two charging mm -hmm. and that required stops, but I did a lot of office work and paperwork when I was stopped. You know, if there's a coffee shop, I could do that, mm -hmm. but I would be curious if you have some thoughts about that further thoughts, Carl. Well, one thing that, uh, you know, I think people forget about is that renting a vehicle for the right use case is always an option. So in other words, let's say for 95% of your driving, you're driving locally or regionally where a short range or an intermediate range EV will work for you, but then you're saving so much money on fuel and maintenance, like you said, you know, every once in a while you need a different vehicle. Sometimes you got to rent a moving truck. Um, I've rented a, you know, seven, eight passenger minivan when I needed to do that for a road trip. And I don't, I don't feel any qualms about doing that. Yes, I'm burning gas, but in the meantime, I don't have a minivan sitting in my garage that's not being used 90% of the time, which is really the situation that we found ourselves in after we got the Leaf. We had the Leaf and then we had a, a Toyota Sienna minivan. And so that was our road trip vehicle. So obviously we were not taking the leaf on road trips. Again, like you said, some people are adventurous. They've done it. I mean, I drove my leaf across country to get it from Missouri to Michigan. When I moved up here as an adventure, 
um, back, you know, 2018, when it was much more difficult with the charging infrastructure, you can do it, but obviously it's tedious. And, you know, a lot of people only have so much vacation. For me, the solution was go rent a minivan. And now I have room for everybody that wants to ride in there in comfort. So, you know, I don't think that you necessarily need to buy the one vehicle that does everything for you. And I think that's a little bit, if I can, if I can extrapolate, maybe the, the folks that tend to look at pickup trucks, where it's the one vehicle that does everything, right? It's the thing that gets you the groceries, it gets you to work, but it'll also haul your boat or your other trailer, your camping trailer. And that's fine if that's what you want to do. But if it's one of those use cases where it's something that you do maybe, you know, once a year, maybe it might be better just to go out and rent one of those. I mean, I, I, I'm grateful that I was, I have a Chrysler dealer near me that will rent me a, you know, a Dodge Caravan or a similar Pacifica minivan that has all the bells and whistles, all the comforts, and I don't have to worry about maintaining it. I pay my rental fee, I turn it back in, you know, and I'm, I'm super happy about that. Um, so I mean, that's, that's kind of my take on short range vehicles and, you know, also used EVs, maybe one more point, you know, since you've bought yours, there is now through the inflation reduction act, a $4,000 tax credit available, uh, for buying a used EV. And now there are some stipulations. You need to buy it through a licensed dealer. It has to be no more than $25,000, uh, purchase price, it can't have been already uh, sold in such a way that somebody claimed that credit. In other words, kind of an anti-flipping stipulation that people don't buy and sell these things just to keep milking $4,000. But it is something that's out there, um, which, again, kind of reduces the threshold of getting your foot in the door for, for a lot of people that, you know, for them, that the difference between being able to afford it and not afford it. And also, too, if if you're a two car household already, or even a you know at least two car household, mm-hmm. um, to trade one of those out as an electric vehicle for local driving, to me, it just it's like shooting fish in a barrel. It's like putting money in the bank. Yeah, I just think it, it's really and handy. That and that's exactly how I got started with the Leaf. And what we found is that car was saving us so much money that more often than not, we would take the Leaf rather than the minivan. Even when the minivan sometimes would have been a little bit more comfortable, we would now go a little bit out of our comfort zone and try to find charging stations just to be able to use the Leaf. Because even with that, um, with paying for public charging, which is a little bit more than home charging, it was still less expensive. And I, I still had to do fewer oil changes on the combustion car. So yeah, I think that's a great, use case where maybe your second or whatever you're you're just your commuter vehicle once the one that you currently have is no longer doing the job think about an electric and think about a used one where you don't have a huge investment um i also know that some people are looking at leasing more than buying because they think well you know this way i'm i'm not worried about battery degradation which by the way is not as big of a deal as people tend to make it out to be, right? I'm guessing you haven't replaced your battery. I sold a Tesla Model S with 125,000 miles. It still had over 90% of its original capacity. It's just not something that 
most of us worry about, even though there's this myth out there that that's something that has to be done periodically. And it's just, it's really not the case. I absolutely think that there's such a strong case for, especially a commuter, local commuter car. If your commute is under 40 miles round trip or even under, yeah, under 40 miles or 50 miles. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, when I was going to the Fox Valley uh, Electric Vehicle Association meeting, they were celebrating having a truck that they had built, uh, one of the members had built, that had a 25-mile range. And he would drive to work, charge, and then drive home. And that was considered a commuter car. Today, I have friends that that are convinced if the car can't do 120 miles round trip in Kalamazoo, it's not a commuter car. Um, I think one of the challenges is that people don't necessarily estimate what they really drive or don't realize that they could charge. Like my workplace, when I worked hospice, they were really good about allowing me to plug in there, you know, and even the library uh, where I work currently, if it's a need case is the general policy currently, I can plug in at the library and it's more than sufficient. And so our the food co-op that I, I belong to, we decided as a, a group that we would put in a charger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a charger there that's free for anyone to use. Yeah, I contributed um, to that project, by the way. Yay. All and, right, um, here yeah, the, the co-op had a, an online shopping cart. And, uh, you know, one of the things was a fundraiser to for this charging station. And I thought that was such a cool project that, you know, I participated in that. So, yeah, I'm familiar with it. Thank you very much. There have been several Teslas that have charged there. And I was talking, I've talked to two different households, two different families. And they were saying that their budget was extremely low and they were able to purchase this these two Teslas, at least, because of the Inflation Reduction Act mm-hmm. for for the low $20,000. Wow. And so it opened up doors. So, again, the idea of, of realizing used vehicles, there's a big range. Again, I would caution someone to do their homework. I had looking at the future now, and I am uh, thinking, you know, wonderful as my car, Greg, I call it Greg. Because uh, it's gray and egg-shaped. <laughs> but as wonderful as Greg is, there will be some things that I would like to do in the future in terms of longer range. Um, currently, I like taking Amtrak. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going on long distance. But there is this really fantastic car coming out that will operate. Uh, you can charge up to 40 miles just with solar in a day. Are you familiar with this car by any chance? If you're primarily interested in Aptera content, then please wait around for part two. If you enjoyed or learned from this episode of Zero E Michigan, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Visit our YouTube channel for other related videos at youtube.com slash at the number zero E dash Michigan.